the enemy wanted to take me out and he wants to take you out, but God will never allow you to remain at the mercy of your lion. He will see you through. Come on, church. I'm telling you today. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. It's not everyone who can kill a lion on a snowy day while standing in a slippery pit. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thank you for joining us. Today we're continuing the series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, with part two of the message, Benaiah the Lion Killer. You know, one of the great things about the Bible is the way it illustrates with a simple story a life principle that is impossible to forget once you know the story itself. Just such a story as that of a man named Benaiah who found himself facing a lion in a slippery pit on a cold, snowy day. Talk about being up against all odds. Benaiah's is a story of courage, resolve, and incredible victory that I believe is going to strengthen you in your own battles against the devil, who Peter said was like a roaring lion. So in a spiritual sense, we too are up against a lion. And as Benaiah got the victory against his lion, we also have been given great victory against our spiritual lion by the power of Jesus Christ. So let's go right to part two of today's message, Benaiah the Lion Killer. I am amazed at God's creation. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows His handiwork. Every single day they utter their speech, and night after night they show forth the knowledge of the living Creator. I love His creation. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the world system over which the devil is God. John warned about it and said, Love not the world, the world system. Because here's what's in it nor the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life, that being, I don't need God. We don't need God. We're going to live life without God. That's the boastful pride of life. Lust of flesh, lust of eyes, boastful pride of life, don't need God, are not from the Father, but they are from the world, and the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that does the will of God abides forever. We are to not love that evil world system. So this second victory of Benaiah over a giant Egyptian is clearly an illustration of a man who also overcame the world. So we've got our mighty man Benaiah. First he defeats the flesh. Now he's defeating the world. I'm encouraged by him. Because if he can do this without the New Testament, without the filling of the Holy Spirit, without the Lord Jesus Christ living in his heart. He had an example, and the example was David. That was the Old Testament type of Christ, or one of the Old Testament types of Christ, but that's it. He didn't have what we have, and yet he overcame the flesh, and he overcame the world, and it didn't stop there, because this mighty man, Benaiah, also overcame the lion. He killed a lion in a pit on a snowy day. I read afresh this week what a lion can do 
just so you'll know. He finds himself in a pit in a snowy day facing the king of beasts. I read that a lion with one blow of his paw, whack, can smash the human skull like you would break an egg. Boom! You're gone. He'd slap you and your skull would cave in. A lion is able to bite through any bone of the human body, including the thigh bone, like it's a chicken bone. With one crunch of those jaws, he smashes that thickest of bones in the body. And to face this kind of ferocious beast in a pit in terrible circumstances on a snowy day is an extremely courageous thing to do. And this is what Benaiah did. Now the parallel for you and I is clear in this third victory. Our enemy is the devil and Peter said he's like a lion. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. That's our ultimate enemy right now, the devil. He walks around. He is sinister. He's like a lion. Peter said, this is what he's like. If I could draw a parallel and tell you what the devil is like, he's like a hungry, ravenous, hunting, stalking lion that has tremendous authority and power. He roams around looking for somebody, literally in the Greek language it says, to eat alive. He's a devourer, a destroyer. So here in Benaiah's story, we see a man defeating the three great enemies of the Christian in a figure. That is the world, the flesh, and the devil. And that's why he's called mighty. And can I tell you today, church, we're called to defeat through Jesus Christ the world and the flesh and the devil. That's our call. And that's our battle. Now I want to go back to the lion. And I'm going to focus on the lion kill today. First, know this, that everybody in here, everyone, has a lion in your life somewhere. For Benaiah, the lion was the worst possible foe he could have encountered in a pit on a snowy day. And most of us have something like that. It's leaping into your mind right now as I speak. You're already thinking of what your lion is. It's something you fear. Or it's a weakness that stalks you and it has stalked you for years. It's the lion in your life something you feel helpless to defeat because it's bigger than you, stronger than you. It might be a painful memory. It stalks you all the time. Or a crushing disappointment you haven't been able to get over. And it's there, lurking in the shadows, ready to pounce if you start thinking about it. Maybe the loss of a loved one, you haven't been able to get over it. Or some haunting memory you've got of abuse. Or maybe of a sin you committed and though God's forgiven you, you can't forgive yourself. Sometimes we need to look in the mirror and say, I forgive you. But you can't forgive yourself. You know that God has, but you can't let yourself off the hook. And it's like a lion. It comes at you. And you start to serve God and it pounces. You start to get regular in church and it pounces. You start to move on in the things of the Spirit and it pounces. It's there in the theater of your mind, always lurking. And you have wondered if you're ever going to have victory over it. The worst possible foe, the thing you have battled more than anything else, that's the lion in your life. But this Benaiah man, amazing, because he not only met the worst possible foe, he met him in the worst possible place, a pit. If you're going to fight a lion, the one place to avoid is a pit. If I'm going to fight a lion, I want to be in a great big open field with plenty of running room and some trees with low limbs. And that's where I want to go because I don't want to be with my greatest foe in a pit 
where I can't get away, where I'm trapped, where there's no escape, and I'm going to have to face him. But sometimes God allows us in a pit so that we will face our lion and once and for all deal with him. But it even got worse for Benaiah because Benaiah met this lion in a pit on a day when snow had fallen. And that just tripled the treachery of the situation. Because snow numbs the fingers and he was using weaponry like a sword that he could hardly hold on to in that cold because the snow had fallen. He was with a lion in a pit on a snowy day. He couldn't hardly hold on to the sword or the knife or the spear or whatever he had. Snow numbs the fingers, makes it difficult to handle weapons. Snow makes footing treacherous and slippery. You're going up against a lion and your feet are slipping underneath you. You're going up against a lion and you can't hold your weapon. You talk about the odds stacked against you. Here's what you do when you're in a pit with a lion on a snowy day. You say, Lord, I give you this lion. Because if you don't come through, I'm cooked. Lord, do you see this lion? Because he's coming at me and my feet are slipping underneath me and I can't hold on to the weapon. And man, this is not a good situation. This is not what I planned on when I woke up this morning. And isn't it funny how our lions approach us in our weakest moments? Isn't it something the way the enemy can bring your lion your way when your feet feel slippery, you're not having your best day, you feel like you can't hold on to the weapon called the Word of God very well. You're kind of struggling with some things. And right when you're in that pit on a snowy day, here comes your worst foe creeping up on you with every intention of having you for lunch. Now, here's the deal with this story. I want to know how he won. Because the odds, I look at this Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, and I go, how could he have won? Well, the Bible story doesn't directly tell us. We're just told that he went into a pit on a snowy day with a lion and whooped him and came out and became David's bodyguard. And so at first there's no clue, but then I find there is a clue. And the clue as to how he beat a lion in a pit on a snowy day is found in his name. In the Bible, when you want to know what a man or a woman is like, you look at their name because God intentionally named people according to their character and their call. That's what he did. Biblical names are deliberately designed to give us a clue to the character of the person we're reading about. We see in Scripture that God would change the name of somebody who he had touched and changed inside. He would then change their name to catch them up with it or to, to newly identify them. You see, if we lived in the Old Testament, almost everybody in here would already have had a name change. Because how many of you can say, the Lord has changed me? I'm not who I used to be. Well, see, you would have a different name if we lived in the Old Testament. God would have changed your name. I think it's interesting that Revelation tells us we're going to be given a new name in heaven. For instance, Jacob meant usurper, supplanter. We might say con man. But God changed his name to Israel, which means prince with God. When Jacob went through a transforming experience in his life with God, God changed his name. He changed Abraham's name from Abram, meaning exalted father, to Abraham, meaning father of a multitude. He changed Sarah's name from Sarai, meaning dominating, to Sarah, meaning princess. I think Abraham liked the second one better. 
Jesus changed Peter's name. He said, your name is Simon. It's not going to stay Simon because of what I'm going to do with you. I'm going to make you like a rock. And so I'm going to change your name from Simon to Peter, the rock. That's exactly what happened to him. He became like a rock in Christ. So God names people according to their character. So that being said, what does Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, mean? Well, you'll notice that he's always named after, with his father coming after him, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada. So his father's name is also important in the name and in our understanding who he is. If you take the meaning of those two names, you get the secret of how to kill a lion in a pit on a snowy day. Jehoiada, his father's name, means God knows. Benaiah means God builds. Can you say with me? God knows. God builds. Please remember that because many of you in here are dealing with a lion as I speak. If you're not, you will one day because we are in a battle on this earth and there's two things you've got to remember that God knows and God builds. Those two truths will empower you to defeat your lion in a pit on a snowy day. First, let's deal with them. God knows. When you face your lion, it's important to remember that God knows where you are. God knows. God never looks down and says, well, I'll be. What are they doing in that pit with a lion in a snowy day? He knew you were going to end up in the pit before you got there. He knew the lion you were going to face before the lion was ever born. He never says, well, I'll be. He says, I already knew. God knows. He knows all about your pit and he knows all about your battle. He knows all about your lion, how he got in your life, how he's going to be defeated and what he's going to do in your life as a result of the victory you're going to get over that lion. I love the fact that God knows. David wrote, oh Lord, you have looked through me and you have known me. You know when I sit down and you know when I get up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You look over my path, the road you're traveling down. If you're on the narrow road or the broad road, God knows it and he knows your path. He knows your next step and he knows you're lying down. You know all my ways very well, said David. Even before I speak a word, O Lord, you know it all. God is the only person who can say, I'm a know-it-all and I'm not bragging. God knows it all. He knows your name, your address, your weaknesses, your lions, your stumbling blocks, your pitfalls, your battles, your questions, your perplexities, your confusions, your disappointments, your disillusionments. He knows it all. And since he knows where you are and the pit you're in and the lion you're facing, he also knows how you feel. And that means a lot to me. Because the Bible says that in Hebrews 4, verse 15, we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But he was tempted in all points, every way like we are, yet without sin. So when you're angry or remorseful or impatient or tempted to get bitter Somebody's betrayed you, wronged you, done you dirty. You feel dropped in life. 
You feel left out. You're not feeling great about yourself or about where your life is right now. God knows how you feel, and He feels what you feel because He's been there. In every way, He has been tempted as we are. So He knows exactly how we feel. Corey Ten Boom, I read recently, told the story the Dutch woman whose family was taken into Nazi concentration camps in World War II, Dutch Jewish woman, taken into Nazi concentration camps, and her and her sister, Bessie, I believe it was her name, Bessie, they were there. They got brought into a room with other women full of Nazi so-called doctors, and they forced them to strip naked. And these leering, contemptuous men stared at these learned, educated, classy, God-loving Jewish women with contempt, and there they stood there naked, and they felt ashamed, and they felt wronged, and something came to Corey, and she turned to her sister and said, Bessie, remember, Jesus was naked on the cross. Bessie said, that helped me because then I knew he understood how I felt. There's nothing you're going through that he doesn't feel with you. Isn't that good news? So say with me, Jehoiada means God knows. And then it says God builds. God builds. I can go through almost anything if I know that God's going to build something in my life through it. I can go through anything as long as I know that God has said, I'm going to work this together for your good. I can go through anything if I know he's with me in that pit and he is with me in the pit and he's with you in your pit. He's right there with you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego learned that well. They refused to worship the statue of Nebuchadnezzar. They threw them into a burning, fiery oven that was so hot, it incinerated the men that threw them in. Nebuchadnezzar thought, that's the last I'm ever going to see of them. But they went down into that pit, whole. And as Nebuchadnezzar looked down, he said, wait a minute. Didn't we throw three down in there? And somebody said, yeah, there were three. And he said, well, I see four. I see a fourth man, and he looks like the Son of God. Yes. And so Jesus appeared in the Old Testament in this story. Jesus appeared and got into the pit with his men who refused to compromise. Folks, listen, in our future in America as believers, we better learn how to get a real stiff spine made of steel and say, I will never worship anything but the Lord my God. I will never worship anyone but the Lord my God. I'm not going to do it. And all that was burned off of them down in that oven was the ropes that held them bound. And they got set free down in the oven. And that's what I want you to see is that when you get into an oven, you get into a pit and you're facing your lion and it's snowy and it's treacherous conditions and you don't feel at your best. There is one in that pit with you and he has already said, I'm going to fight your enemy for you, through you, with you. And though you can't face him alone, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have the ultimate lion killer lives in our soul. Paul said, we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. We know this because God decided in advance that we would be conformed to the image of his son. Paul went through such heartache and sorrow and pain in the ministry. Unbelievable. He received the whip that Jesus got five times. And he wrote about it. But then after writing about his pain, he said, guess what? This light affliction is but for a moment. And it's working for 
us a more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. See, when it comes to the child of God, the devil is never allowed to say, checkmate. God always says, checkmate to our enemy. When a Christian goes through heartaches, pressure, problems, and tribulation, they always emerge softened, mellowed, more loving, warmer, and more compassionate because through it all, God builds Christ in us. Say it with me again. God knows. God builds. Yeah, no matter what you're going through, you're going to come out better for it. I have people come up to me that have known me for a long time and say, you're nicer than you used to be. They start making me feel like I was terrible or something, but they don't mean it that way. They just say, you're softer, you're more approachable, you're nicer, you're different. And that's because no matter what you go through, believe me, I was in a pit with a lion on a snowy day, but I found out that I was not alone, but there was one in there with me who had declared war on my lion and who had said, I'm going to bring you down to the lion. And I came out of that pit softened, mellowed, more loving, warmer, more compassionate because I have compassion on people going through things because I have gone through things and I can tell you that the enemy wanted to take me out and he wants to take you out but God will never allow you to remain at the mercy of your lion. He will see you through. Come on church, I'm telling you today. Paul came out on the other side of it, and I'm going to say this in closing. He said, this happened so we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. He said, I learned a huge lesson in that pit with a lion on a snowy day. We thought we were going to die, he tells. He writes, we thought we were going to die. We didn't have the strength to keep going. We didn't think we could live. We thought we would die. He openly says that in 2 Corinthians 1, 8 through 9. But they came out of the pit, and he said, here's what I learned. God kept us from what looked like sure death. He is keeping us, and he will keep us in the future. Past tense, he kept us. Present tense, he's keeping us. Future tense, he will keep us. Well, I hope today's message has encouraged you in your own battle with our spiritual foe, the devil. I got to tell you, there have been days where I felt like I was not only facing the devil in a spiritual battle, but just like Benaiah, the circumstances were tough and no one was in that pit with me to help. But even so, the Lord stepped in and gave me victory. Now, don't touch that dial just yet because we've got some exciting things to share with our Life Talk listeners you're going to want to take advantage of. And thanks again for making Life Talk a part of your day. We're honored you took the time and trouble to listen and pray you were transformed by God's mighty word. And be sure to join us next time as we continue with our series on the unsung heroes of the Bible with a look at an intriguing friend from nowhere. Until then, I pray God's richest blessings be yours. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff. You know, every time God uses the ministry of Life Talk to transform a life by the power of Jesus Christ, it's because somebody like you gave financially and helped make it possible. 
Life Talk's daily program is listener supported. So if you're interested in supporting this ministry, call toll free 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. Or visit us online at lifetalkradio.us and make a donation to empower Life Talk to continue transforming lives with the power of the gospel. Call 877-884-3111 or go online to lifetalkradio.us and give your best gift today. Benaya, the Lion Killer, is the second message of Pastor Jeff's series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible. You can own a copy of this 10-CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, The Unsung Heroes of the Bible, for only $50 plus shipping. By logging on to lifetalkradio.us or calling us toll-free at 877-884-3111 for more information. You've been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire. To find out more about Dr. Wickwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll-free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.